Welcome to Just to Know You, the podcast that interviews regular people at SAES and finds out they are far from regular. That's right. I'm your host, Darian Batten. And I'm Angela Kerskadden. Let's get started. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for listening to the Just to Know You podcast, where your past becomes our present just for a moment. We have with us a Chi-Town, Chicago, Illinois native. Um, She has been here for seven years here in Saudi Arabia. We have with us Miss Gail Summer. Yeah. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us, uh, Miss Summer. And um, we're so happy uh, to have you. And it's amazing that you've been here for seven years. But before coming to Saudi Aramco, before coming to SAES, what was your overseas journey? Um, I right, It's almost right before I came here, I did a volunteer job um, in Honduras. I had been volunteering there just in the summers for about 10 consecutive years. And then the, the final year there, um, I decided to volunteer for six months in a very... Um, remote area. And we actually, I, I taught, uh, it was a dual language program. So I taught kindergarten. So I did Spanish and English on uh, different days on every other day, I would change the language or whatever. And um, it was for uh, an area that was very impoverished. Um, we actually didn't have electricity most of the time at the school, nor mm-hmm. did we have running water. So you had to be very resourceful, very creative <laughs> with uh, the way that I was that I had to teach them. So, um, so and it was very hot. Of course, you can imagine. Um, uh, yeah, I had to do laundry in the ocean, and like, <laughs> like we literally didn't have electricity a lot of the time. Um, but yeah, it was a very fulfilling um, job. Like I said, it was a volunteer position, so. Um, yeah. What, what motivated you to, um, volunteer for those 10 summers? And then after those 10 summers of seeing, uh, that initial motivation of seeing what it was like, uh, what made you, uh, take that six month position? Cause I really wanted to, um, kind of immerse in the culture and just really experience what it's like to live there because I knew the. I knew the culture pretty well. I knew that a lot of the families. Um, so I just wanted to be more of a part of it, I guess. I have a humanitarian heart. So um, when I retire, that's my goal is to get back out there and um, just volunteer. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to come here was so that I could have the uh, money to do that. Ah. And yeah. initially, it was just your heart that, that uh, began mm-hmm. your path? Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Oh, that is amazing. Yeah. So you're fluent in Spanish? Um, I could teach it to the little kids. <laughs> I can get by. I can get by. Really? Um, yeah, I can get by. And now I'm learning Arabic, so it's 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 a little bit difficult, when, especially when I have Arabic-speaking students and Spanish-speaking students and English-speaking students in the same class, and I, I code switch, you know, between the three languages. Right. Sometimes I'll say one sentence in three different languages. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I just like, you know, so yeah. Huh. It's like Spanglish, but it's like, 
Kind of, yeah, but sparabiclish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That is awesome. That is awesome. And uh, we were, there are some volunteering um, opportunities within Saudi Arabia as well Mm -hmm. um, that you can kind of um, take part in and that can kind of fulfill your uh, humanitarian heart. Well, well. now I collect cats. So that's like, I'm a cat (laughs) rescue house. So I have like, really, I have 10 cats now. I don't know. Oh, you mean like a legit cat? Like, not that yeah, you just have no, cat, but... I, get them, I take them to the vet. I pick them up off the street and get them fixed. And then they end up staying with me. I mean, obviously, I lose some of them along the way. But right. for the most part, yeah, that's kind of what I... That's how I, <laughs> my heart's fulfilled here. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to help out the community, you know, and add cake with the cat population. Because you know. Your um, life growing up, because we're trying to figure out how did this this heart, this, this large heart that would push you to go somewhere with no running water, with no electricity, and then just to um, even travel overseas to try to create a lifestyle where you're able to do that um, consistently. How was your life growing up and how did it create this heart of yours? Um, probably because I was raised in a, I was raised in a family of nine my father passed away after the last one was born and my mom never remarried. And so we struggled. We struggled. Um, we were one of those families that um, where people would drop off donations to us and we're just very, very poor. I remember, I remember a lot. <laughs> it's just like we went without a lot of things, sometimes without electricity because my mom couldn't pay the electric bill or um, just different things. Um, so I think growing up like that, you have, I don't know, you just have this like compassion and appreciation for, um, just things, life, people, and I don't know. It wasn't easy. (laughs) Yeah. It sounds like you went to a place there and then you kind of, it seems like it's still, you can still feel it. You know, sometimes the way you grow up, yeah. (laughs) It can make me cry, but you know, it's, it's okay. I just want to make sure I can give to people and help people as much as I can. So how were you able to overcome your, your circumstances? Um, probably being a humanitarian. I think, I think that helps, um, trying to be as, trying to be kind, being, being as kind as you can to people. Um, I've also had therapy, (laughs) you know, I've, I've, you know, um, yeah, I don't know. I just I just have a, a passion for working with people, working with kids who who struggle because I know what it feels like, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, was there someone in your life that helped you uh, during that time? I think I have to give credit to my siblings. Um, I have four sisters and I had four brothers at the time. My brother, one of my brothers passed away last year. So Anyway, um, my siblings, I think, is is what got me through. We had each other, and we're still very close. My sisters and I, we talk almost every day on a thread, and we've kind of been support for each other even now, even today. So I think they, they were the biggest help. It's that family all in it mm-hmm. together with the shared experience. Yeah. Mm. Do they share your heart? Yeah, they do. Yeah. Really? Yeah, they're wonderful. Have you been able to experience some of these um, travels with them? 
Um, a little bit. We've done some what we call sister trips oh. here and there. Yeah. It's hard for everyone to come together sometimes, but I think even this summer we're just we're going to come together for a, a family wedding. So it's it's always nice when we can find that time, you know, to be together. But we definitely talk just about every day. So I feel like I'm there, even though I'm far away. Yeah, and that yeah. kind of keeps you grounded. It does. It doesn't make me feel like I'm so far away. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. Um, you said a lot in a short period of time. Um, just a lot of. Uh, thing of layered things which uh we can kind of jump into um what is someone that has helped you and i think you've you've poked on it with your sisters and things like that could you identify someone that has helped you become the person that you are today whether it's from your past or currently Probably uh, one of my professors at the university I attended. It was a, a private school, private university, a Nazarene university. Um, I was going through some health problems. I had, I've had three brain tumors. So the second brain tumor, I had uh, this professor who, he changed my life. He changed my life. <laughs> um, he's probably been a big part of um, he's kind of helped me to, to be, I, I mean, he just taught me so much. He taught me so much about life, about, um, just compassion. Cause he showed it, he showed it himself, um, through all of that. And at the time when I had that second brain tumor, my kids were, I was a single mother. I was going to school full time. I was working two jobs, um, just trying to make it. So it was a very tough time for me yeah. <laughs> and he was there and supportive, um, yeah, so I think he's had the biggest impact on my life, I think. Yeah. Really? Besides, like, having my own kids, of course, that kind of, you know, yeah. puts you in a different – I don't know. It just kind of <laughs> – having kids transforms you, right? It, like, your entire changes life. your whole life, and you look at life differently, and yeah. Yeah. Three, and so you say you've had three brain tumors. Yeah. How has that uh, altered – uh, your life. Every, it's changed everything. It's made me, it's made me enjoy the present a lot more, enjoy people a lot more. Just, to, you just have a deeper appreciation for everything in life. You really do. Cause you, you don't take anything for granted ever again. And I still, I feel like I have work to do. Like there's a reason why I survived three brain tumors. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you, sometimes I just feel like, okay, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? Like, Man, I, I, I look at you and I'm just like, man, like you're still, you're still Gale, you're still lively, you know, you're still pushing, you're still smiling. Um, and just in this short time that I've, I've talked to you, you, you've been through so much. Um, and that's awesome. That's so inspirational. So inspirational. So again, thank you for, for um, coming on because it's really, there's some small stuff that I was that was kind of eating at me. That is like, eh, let's go ahead and drop that in the trash can. Let's go, <laughs> <laughs> let's go ahead and, and, and sweep the front door. Let's clean that up because, you know, it's, it's kind of trivial. It's really trivial. So, I mean, uh, thank you so much. Um, yeah. uh, let's let's dive into your family. You talked about your uh, your children. Could you tell us a little about, bit about your family? Yeah, my daughter's here actually living with me. I I, I didn't know that was going to happen. She, I think it was like my second year here. 
we would travel together. Um, we would travel together and she was kind of feeling like, Hey, I want to come visit. I didn't think she'd ever want to come visit. <laughs> um, and then she came to visit and she fell in love with it. She fell in love with it. And she's, she's been here, you know, for many years. So, and we've traveled all over Saudi together on road trips mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, she loves it. She's still here, loves it, doesn't want to leave. Really? <laughs> yeah. And then my son is back in the U.S. Ah. What is yeah. your, you say you, you traveled around Saudi Arabia. What is your favorite part of Saudi Arabia? Uh, my favorite city is Jeddah. Um, my favorite place is Wadi Lajab, um, which is in the Jizan region. The Jizan region is very nice. There's also another secret hidden place that really, yeah, that we discovered with the use of something. We had to like really, <laughs> we had to really find it. It was really difficult to find it. I don't even know if it has a name, but it's in Jizan. But anyway, that area I really love, and then I love Wadi Disa. So Jizan, what is the Jizan region? Because I, you know, I've only been here two years. It's down south. You know where Abha is? Yes. Yeah, it's it's just that like Jizan, the Fifa area, all of that area I really really love. Oh, like the mountainous um, area. But Wadi Lajab is in um, Jizan, um, so it's like these canyons with water, and you have to climb. It's very, it's, yeah, yeah, it's an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's so so beautiful. And then Wadi Disa I like because it's a playground for for. Uh, I have a Jeep that I travel with and uh, that I drive all around Saudi. And so, like, I like to have fun. I go dune bashing. I do all these things. Like, mm. so Wadi Disa is like a playground for that. Like, I can just go through water. I can go through sand over rocks. And, like, it's just really fun. So, what, what I get a feeling when you say Jeep, we're not really talking about like a, a flash. We're talking about a Jeep, like I, one that can, <laughs> one yeah. that can oh, that can kind of go <laughs> over the dunes. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've been learning how to dune bash, so I'll go dune bashing with a bunch of other jeepers and other um, four wheel drive people. And like most, I'm usually the only girl driver. <laughs> really? um, but I'm learning. I'm learning. That is so <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I have them on my TikTok. <laughs> <Some of> my, <laughs> like my first big dune that I conquered. It's yeah, they're all on my TikTok and stuff. So. Give a, a yeah, give a, a humble brag. Shout out your TikTok handle. What's your TikTok handle? <laughs> Summer Wondrous. <laughs> Summer Wondrous. So if you are looking for Miss Gail, <laughs> Summer, look at Summer Wonders. Yeah. It's the same <laughs> as my Instagram. TikTok. Yeah. All right. So TikTok. TikTok is Instagram. my bigger account. That's where I kind of um, recorded all my road trips to in Saudi. So like all the different regions, all the different, there's usually like some, there's some shorter videos of each area, sometimes several from each because we, we've done places several times because we like them. So, and I even did a road trip by myself all the way to Jordan. I drove in my Jeep. <laughs> I did that last summer. I got in my Jeep. Yeah. Really? I drove 20 hours there, 20 hours back and even stayed in Jordan for two weeks by myself. And, um, yeah. Wait, one, wait one second. Summer wonder. You can't just, you can't, don't just say that and then just roll <laughs> over it. Like did <laughs> Detail your trip, your 20-hour one-way trip from Saudi Arabia as a single woman mm-hmm. through the country. 
staying in two weeks and coming back. And hundred percent, I was safe. Even slept on the side of the road. I'm a camper, so I, I don't. I can rough it. Mm-hmm. I can rough it. I can go without. I, I I volunteered in Honduras. I can go without electricity. I can go without everything. <laughs> so that was the biggest thing was the safety thing. Completely, hundred percent safe. I never had one issue with anybody or any nothing. Like everybody was wonderful. And so, tell us about like so you left from. Where and then you drove and then you... um, uh, to Riyadh okay. to the Bereda Kasim area up to Heil, and then you cross all the way over to Heil, all the way over, all the way over. <laughs> <laughs> Did you go through the empty quarter? I've been to the empty quarter three times. I didn't go through not by myself, I would never do it by myself because it's not safe, but I've been to the empty quarter three times, yeah. But do, you, do you go through the you don't go through no, the empty quarter, no, you go no. to Jordan? No, no, no. Uh, yeah, the, but I did I camp. Know. I can't say that I didn't camp at the empty quarter because I did drive to UAE several times recently by myself. And I went to, I drove to the world's largest dune, the Marib dune. And I, yeah. my goal this year, I put it on my vision board was to camp alone. And that was my first time camping alone. So I literally drove three hours from Dubai out in the middle of nowhere in my Jeep and found the dune at night and camp there overnight. <laughs> so I did. And it was in technically that area is part of the empty quarter. So that's why I'm saying that it was technically the empty quarter. I did camp. So and wait, then I wait, did wait, 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 I did attempt to go up the dune. There was a local that was with me and I wouldn't go up unless there was somebody with me. But the next morning I, I met some people. And so I went up and I broke a part of the car. <laughs> The car broke halfway up, and so we had to roll back down, and then it had to go in the shop for a week, but it was okay. I wanted to attempt it. <laughs> <laughs> See, and I don't, I'm not sure if people understand. Like, there's – they have a whole competition in, like, I know, and I'm going to go to the um, festival next year. I am. I want to be there. I don't want to compete because i got to get my Jeep up there first. Are, are you sure? Are you well, sure? Well, not yet. My Jeep. <laughs> I didn't make it, so I'm frustrated. I'm, you know, I'm burning inside because I'm like, I gotta conquer that dune. I gotta conquer that dune, but I won't do it for the. I'm not gonna compete. No, I'm not ready for that. But I definitely want to go back and and make it up that dune because I saw other jeeps making it that day. Like I saw them go up, so I was like, oh, if my car wouldn't have uh, broken, I would have, um, I would have made it maybe in shape. <laughs> Man, you are living <laughs> a life. I do. I enjoy you my are. life here. I'm so grateful, really. It's it's been life changing to come here. It's been life changing. I think I want to get out there, but like you're going to. I'm not sure if people understand how much of your trip is not on Google Maps. You know what I mean? Like when you when you talk about going through these places and driving three hours out into these deserts, these are places where there are no main roads like you have to get out and go into the sand and i'm not sure for our listeners if you've ever been in a point in the desert where you can see nothing but it's one of the scariest things i've ever oh, seen it's in my beautiful. life because yeah yeah it's beautiful that's <laughs> it's definitely <laughs> it, there's some beauty there there definitely is but it's it's for me it's scary cuz i don't like not knowing where i am oh. and to see just sand in every direction um, and maybe not know how to get back to the road. Cause it, I've been with some locals and, you know, 
Um, they can just, yeah, they, they just do. know. I am really, really um, impressed. When did you start just, you know, taking life uh, by the horns and, and punching it in the mouth? Since my last tumor, my brain tumor, the third one, because it was soon after that, I went to Honduras to volunteer. And that was pretty, like I said, that was a, that was a challenge. It was very challenging to do that. And, and Honduras isn't a safe place. At that time, it was rated the number one most dangerous place in the world. It was like that for five years in a row. And I actually traveled around Honduras, um, which was very risky at the time because all the like mission work, um, they pulled all the women out. Like they, women weren't even allowed to go to Honduras. I don't even know if they can go now. Like it's so dangerous. And I literally was walking around all by myself. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was really, really challenging. You had to be in by dark because it got so dangerous at night. So I would always have to make sure right after school, I would go to the gym. And then I had to make sure that I was in the house by six o'clock, 6 p.m. before it got dark because it got dangerous. And then when the electricity was out, that's when you're in big trouble. You can be in big trouble. So because like there's a lot of crime during that time. And so like you you kind of you lock everything up. You're like locked in your house pretty much. So <sighs> Yeah, so it was uh, it was very challenging to be there that long. And you you just kept going back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, and so you, what made you continue to? I know you said your your humanitarian was there. It just seems like there was something just greater, um, because those circumstances are extreme, um, just extreme. And so what made you just continue to to keep going to go back, back because to, you fall in love with the people yeah. and you you feel like they're family and I'm still in contact with a lot of the people from there. So it's it just feels like a family, you know. Beautiful place. Very beautiful, yeah. Yeah, it's very beautiful, very tropical, very beautiful. What's the biggest thing that you missed from Honduras? The people. I miss my family there. And they want me to come, but it's such a long trip to go all the way to that side. And I, I'm not sure that I really want to go there by myself. So I feel like I would need some bodyguards, some guys, you know, to go with. And I don't know who's brave enough to go attempt something like that. So I don't know. Hopefully someday I'll be able to go and see everybody. But they, they always ask them. They're asking when I'm coming back, when I'm, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Has that been your favorite place to live? Or what has Here, been your favorite place 100%. And why? 100% Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Everybody who knows me knows I love this country. You know, I even have like a Saudi heart bracelet. Like I wear all the time. I'm the biggest, like, I am, like, Saudi National Day is like my, one of my favorite holidays. It's I, I have so much Saudi pride. <laughs> Yes, really? the people are wonderful here, and the country's beautiful. I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm in love with this country. I'm in love with this country. I never thought in a million years that would ever happen, but I am. I mean, I thought I was going to give it like maybe one year. I thought, okay, I can do this right. for one year. You know, because my family, you know, friends were kind of like freaking out. I can't believe you're going there. Are you crazy? You know, but I thought, okay, one year and then I can come home. And right. seven years later, I'm still here. And I have friends say, are you coming home yet? No, I'm not coming 
coming home. <laughs> now I'm in love with even the Middle East in general. Um, I just think it's such a yeah. beautiful place. The people are so wonderful. Like everywhere I go, I've been all over. I've been to all the, a lot of the Middle East countries. So, countries. So it's just just wonderful people. If there are people that are a little hesitant about um, coming over, uh, what would you tell them? Come, I do. I tell people to come, try it. Well, see, I'm. I just live my life. Like, if I fear something, I want to do it. You know, it makes me want to mm. do it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I just don't. I don't live a life of of like, oh, I'm gonna stay back because I'm afraid. If I if I have a thought about doing something, I'm gonna find a way to do it. And if I'm scared, I'm going to push myself. I'm going to, it's just how I live. I think it's because of my history with, you know, health issues and just, I don't know, just having a difficult childhood. Like, I think it was just all of that. It's just like, no, I want to live life. I want to experience things. I want to, you know, I mean, I got on a plane and came to, <laughs> came to Saudi Arabia when it was like, you know, it was you know, back in 2016, it was still strict, you know, it was a lot's changed yeah. since then, but I was like, I'm doing it. I'm just going to go because I'm a f that out of all the countries that where I could have worked, I could have got a job. I was like, this is the place I most fear. This is why I'm coming here. So you just, you, you lean, if there's a I fear, do, you lean I do. hundred percent. I do. Even recently <laughs> I was um, going to skydive in Dubai over Christmas. I am terrified of heights. You know this, right? So no. I'm terrified of heights. <laughs> so every time I'm faced with um, with something with height or whatever, like I will challenge myself. I'll push myself to go. So this December I was offered uh, to go skydiving. And the my daughter had um, – she'd asked me. She's like, do you want to go skydiving with everyone? We were with family and stuff and family and friends. Right. And I was like, no, absolutely not. I do not want to go. I don't want to ever do that. And she was like, are you sure? And I go, I am positive 100%. Now, this is the night before night before that I changed my mind overnight. So then overnight, <laughs> the whole night I was thinking about it. It was like burning inside of me. And I was like, why am I not doing this? Like I had just posted some quote on social media about doing things that you fear or something. I'm like, how can I sit there and preach it? And then I don't do it. So I was like in the morning, I, I uh, was talking to my daughter and I was like, I changed my mind. Can I still sign up for skydiving? I don't know what I'm doing, but I'll sign up. <laughs> and she's like, oh, I don't know if we can get you in or whatever. I was like, okay, just try. And if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. So she got me signed up. Everything was okay. Um, the only thing was, is I couldn't go with the group. I had to go all by myself. Okay. I'm like, okay, fine. Bring on the challenge. I'm, I'm ready. I'm just going to do it. So the, the morning that we were supposed to skydive, it rained. So they canceled it in Dubai. They canceled it because of safety. I couldn't believe it. I was like, I completely committed to it. I was ready to do it. And then it rained. I said, okay, it's not meant to be this time. But at least I had my yeah. head, my mind wrapped around the fact that I was going to do it. You know, I was proud of right. myself because initially right. I was like, absolutely not. So, yeah, I tend to do things. If I'm fearful, I will tend to push myself to do it. So if people want to come to Saudi Arabia and they're afraid, like I, my, my answer is to come, like come experience it. Yeah. You'll be amazed. So many of like, even now, because it's opened up like friends of my daughter, like have come and they love it and they want to keep coming back. So it's like, never try, never know. Like, you know, 
I mean, my goodness, if you can live in the U.S., you can surely live in Saudi Arabia. I feel like, no offense to America, but Saudi Arabia is so safe. <laughs> it's so safe. I have to go to the U.S. and watch my back. I have to watch my purse. I have to watch right. my car. I don't feel safe walking yeah. at night by myself. Saudi Arabia, midnight, I can walk by myself. 1 a.m., 2 a.m. Yeah. I can camp out on yeah. the side of the road by myself. Nobody touches me with 15 other truckers. I literally, yeah. on my road trip, yeah. I slept in my car, my Jeep, with 15 other truckers because there wasn't a hotel nearby. And I am used to camping, yeah. but nobody messed with me. I, I, I like woke up, yeah. I looked out the window, I was like, oh, these are my neighbors. Okay, hi. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I, I have to agree with you. I was I was driving back from Dahara and I was tired. So I was like, you know, what? I'm going to pull over to the side <laughs> of the road. And so I pulled over to the side of the road and went to sleep. And then I heard a knock oh. on my window. like, boom, boom. And so, you know, I'm from the States. So I see it's, it's the police. So I'm scared. Like, it's the police. You know, I, I guess I'm in the wrong. I've gotten tickets and stuff for just being yeah, on the side yeah. of the road before. So I'm nervous. And they just say, hey. Pull over more so you can be safe. Oh, that's so I, nice. Yeah, and I was like, okay. And then they were just like, Masalaba, <laughs> and then just pulled off. <laughs> and that was it. And that was it. It was just just pull over a little more so that if there are cars and they kind of come over on the, the median or they come over, pull over on the side, that they won't hit you. And that yeah, was it. Yeah, and for me and all of my interactions, it was it was amazing. And so I, I have to agree with you there. And sometimes, you heard it like here. When my daughter and I have been camping. We will set up our tent and we were in Hakkel at the time and we had our tent set up by the shipwreck. You know, there's a shipwreck there. We had it set up by there, by the water and the, the police came and we thought, Oh my gosh, we're going to get in trouble. They're going to tell us to move. And they were like, no, 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 you can stay in their best English. Then you know what they yeah. did? This has happened so many times, actually. They went and got us a bunch of snacks and they came back. And I was like, Paris, they're coming back. My daughter's name is Paris. I said, they're coming back. They're coming back. Like, are we in trouble? Like, what's going to happen? And like, (laughs) they literally gave us a bunch of treats, like drinks, snacks. Yeah, just so we could like enjoy ourselves. Isn't that nice? Who does that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, we yeah, just have those experiences all through the whole the, through the whole country. Throughout the whole country, we have those experiences from people. People buying us meals and helping us. It's just I don't know. I, I feel a hundred percent safe. So I'm always always promoting Saudi. Always promoting Saudi. Ah, you heard it here, Miss Gail Summer. <laughs> if you can survive in America, you can thrive in Saudi. That's what she. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. I'm first of all, I love your love of, of Saudi Arabia. One thing that I didn't understand was one, how big Saudi Arabia is, and two, how diverse the landscape yes. is. And you seem like you've had a lot of experience. I've just kind of read a little bit, um, but you seem like you've had a lot of experience with the diverse landscape of Saudi Arabia. Could you put that in? verbal form for our okay um so in the middle of the summer here in abcake in the eastern region you know it gets like 50 55 right you can literally get in your car and drive well maybe about between 12 and 15 hours and the temperature will drop 
and you'll see mountains in green and the temperature will get down to, we've camped in the mountains there in Apa and it would get down to like 16, 17 at night. So cold that the locals don't even camp out there because they're too cold. (laughs) So like if you (laughs) want a change from the summer heat, go west, go west. Um, So you have the mountains, you have obviously the desert, the sand, which I love driving my Jeep on the dunes. And then you get into like a, I would, it's not really a tropical region, but like the Taif area has like, they have fresh mangoes and like beautiful flowers. I go to the Rose Festival usually every year. And then, um... Oh, it's amazing. So I've camped out in Typhus. I've camped almost everywhere, but um, so it's more like it's more lush, more green, and the temperature is pretty mild all year round in that area, that region. And then you go further north, and you're gonna find like water, like the Maldives. Yeah, yeah, really? and Umluj and um, Yambu and El Waj, um, which has the best falafel in the world, by the way. It's way north, very small town right on the water. And you can see, you can literally, it feels like you're in the Maldives. The water's so clear, the white, the sand is so white. And then if you go back around further east, then you find uh, the Wadi Disa where you have those, the jebels and the water greens as well. Um, Then you get to Heil. there's, there's so much, there's so much, so much diversity with the terrain. And my goal, I haven't conquered one goal. I tried last year. I want to see this. I want to camp in Tabuk when it snows. So last year when it snowed, when I heard that it snowed, my daughter and I got in the car and we drove 16 hours to get to that region. We get there and the locals were like, oh, it melted, it melted. <laughs> While they're telling us this, we're like, okay, that's fine. We already kind of knew that that might happen. So we just kept driving and enjoyed the rest of the trip, even though we had been to a lot of those places before. But it was really cool because they were just locals off the side of the road. And they, they're literally holding up their <laughs> their gawa and they had treats. And they're like holding it up in the car like, oh, we have this for you, whatever. You know, we're like, okay. So we pull oh. over literally. And there's like, I don't know, there's like eight eight guys or whatever and they're like oh we have gala we have cookies we and they just like, bombarded us with all these <laughs> gifts so it didn't matter we didn't see the snow it was all right we met really great locals and they actually paid for our gas i forgot to tell you that yeah went to the gas really? station and they paid for it yeah we didn't even ask them <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like little things like that you know but that is one of my goals is yeah. to see the snow in tabuk and i would love to camp out there and i don't like the cold but i want to do that that's the only time I want to see snow. Right. I don't want to go back to Chicago and see snow. I want to see snow in Saudi Arabia. Right. Yeah. I was getting ready to say, like, I thought you'd be snowed out. I am out. snowed out, but you not in Saudi. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's different in Saudi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's one of my goals because I'm a, I'm a nerd. <laughs> I want to get, like, in the middle of a locust swarm. Oh. I want to see, like, a locust swarm yeah. up in the sky one time and like cancel out like apocalyptic. You didn't see that when you came cancel, a few years so, back? No, no, I've only, this is my second oh, year. Oh, you missed that. You seen I, one? Please don't tell me you seen one because I'm about to get yes. angry that you, you, you cr- you're crossing no, things off my bucket list. I don't totally appreciate crazy. that. That was totally really? crazy. Yes. Explain, t- tell me about the locust. <laughs> my cats love them. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, bringing me locusts in the um in the house, but yeah, everywhere. Even at school, the kids we all went out to watch to see them. It was so bizarre that year. I forget which year it was. 
Oh, that's yeah. so neat. Yeah, I and hope we see it someday. Millions. I don't know when they're coming again. Do you? <laughs> I don't know if there's like a set time, you know, like the amount of butterflies come every year. I don't know if there's like a set time that they come, but. You have really been living um, an amazing life in um, Saudi Arabia and beyond. Um, and I'm just so, so um, grateful um, that we've just been able to talk. I would love for everyone, I want you to give out another shameless plug uh, for your two accounts um, so that everyone, because I'm definitely going to follow uh, Summer Wonder. Could you spell um, those for Summer Wonderous. So it's my last name, S-O-M-M-E-R. And it's Wonderous, W-A-N-D-E-R-E-S-S, Wondrous. Oh, okay, I see what you did there. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> and the Urban, urban Dictionary, Wondrous means I belong to no man and no city. <laughs> oh, shucks. Okay. <laughs> so before we go, before we go, you were saying that you have, um, I think it was two or three more things uh, or three things that you added to your vision board that you wanted to do you got a skydive learning arabic was one of them which i'm continuing this is my fourth class um that was on there Uh, yeah yeah i I don't remember them off the top of my head i'm so sorry it's not in front of me (laughs) oh no worries but i do a vision board every year so it's i love to do it yeah i love to do it like and i have it on my wall so that as soon as i wake up i see it every day Gotta make it happen, dude. <laughs> hey, hey, if I believe, if I believe that from anybody, <laughs> if I believe that from anybody, it is Miss uh, Gail Summer. So, thank you, thank you, thank so, you much. so much for having um, me. It was a lot of fun. Oh, it's it has been awesome, and your inspirational story. We're we're hoping that it will reach the ears um, of those who need it, um, and those who don't know they need it. <laughs> Um, but can definitely learn from it. (laughs) So thank you, and you have a great day. You do the same. I appreciate it. (laughs) Yes, man. Bye, you guys. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Just to Know You. We would like to thank our amazing tech man, Mr. Kent Arimura, Sterling McDonald for the podcast music, and the SAES community. See you next time. If you know anyone who you think has a great story to tell, we would love to hear about it. Please send an email to either Angela, Darian, or Kent.